coming up to nine o'clock in the capital region. I got it first. I'm confused. Boy George with George Michael, I guess. I got to work on my uh, uh, name that tune. I guess Duke. I don't know. We're gonna work on that. Text line open one eight three three four zero one. 1440, uh, right before the break, uh, Rockford sent that one in about, uh, yes, Apuliarby could be headed to Columbus on a PTO, maybe a reunion with Liney. Patrick Liney could revive his career. And remember in the World Juniors, the two were, well, they had it going with Finland uh, that one year in the World Junior Hockey Championship. And if you look back at that tape, I've gone over that tape lots of times when I was working at Global. And yes, Yarvi was set up in the slot for many goals for a one-timer. We never saw it once here. Maybe once we did see it. But he was set up tons on the one-timer and got him off quite successfully. But um, Finland had a pretty good team that year. Uh, remember that whole story... Uh, Everyone thought that Columbus was going to take Yarvi with number three. Instead, uh, went with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Oilers selected Yarvi at four instead of taking the guy that they thought they were probably going to take that year in uh, Alex uh, Sergachev. Uh, so Sergachev ends up in Tampa, and he's there for a long time now already. Picking up good signal by, by Crossfield. Cheers, Rod. Thanks for that. Uh, Reed sends text in. The Duke confirmed athlete. Yes, the Duke is confirmed athlete. So we're going to hook up with the uh, Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fear in the next little bit. We've got Grant coming in. He's our co-host every uh, Tuesday from nine to eleven. Uh, for this week, we thought, well, you know, what we're going to do maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll kind of get things going between Grant and uh, uh, Kelly Rudy, and then we're going to get things going between Grant and um, Charlie Huddy. Uh, the two of them, obviously, very good teammates and very good friends uh, for a long time. Um, won a lot of Stanley Cups together. The two of them, uh, good story we talked about off the top was with Paul Coffey and how Paul used to tell Charlie to, you work both corners, I'll work the front of the net. So uh, kind of interesting there. So uh, while the Duke works on uh, Grant Fuhr, I'm sure Grant's, uh, is he ready to roll pretty soon, Duke? Is he on? Uh, I just sent him a, a okay. confirmation text. Make sure he's got the he's, right link to because Grant obviously joining us via video call. Yes. Um, so you guys can have a little bit better rapport while mm-hmm. he co-hosts with us. So I'm just touching base, but he should be with us very shortly. Perfect. Um, I actually got a text coming in uh, uh, from a buddy of mine, uh, uh, Chopper Lopatinsky. When we were talking about New York with uh, Mark Spector, he wanted me to relay this story. So we, we went from... Um, uh, well, Manhattan, because we were staying in Manhattan, went and took the, the subway to Flushing Meadows in New York and went to a Mets game about, well, I don't know, it's a long time ago, probably 15 years ago. So we were on the train, and the Mets were playing the Milwaukee Brewers. So it was a good game. At that point, at that time, Milwaukee had a closer. Uh, he was uh, he came from the Dodgers, Eric Gagne, the Canadian. He was one of the best closers in baseball uh, all time. I mean, he was 50 plus saves for uh, a couple of years. Anyway, we're on the train and if you've ever been on the, on the subway in New York, it is, it can get pretty heated at times. It can get raunchy. It can get wild. So we're on uh, coming back from the game and this guy started beacon off Eric Gagne about how that he was, uh, you know, the greatest thing. And he was the, you know, this and that, and then he was going the other way. And then another guy chimed in and, 
And then there's three or four other guys that were just going, it was just the craziest argument between about six people. I remember everyone had knapsacks and one guy was standing up and saying, you don't know anything about baseball, da, 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 da. And then the next thing you know, uh, we arrived in Manhattan, we get there and a guy gets off the train and he looks back and he goes, that was way better than the baseball game. That was more fun than the baseball game, that argument. Have you ever had any uh, kind of things like that, Duke, where you've kind of been traveling around, you've gone to games, you see the emotion of the fans, people are talking about what they saw, where they were, and what their reaction and their emotions were to a game? Well, I think we get to see it firsthand right here in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. I mean, just taking the the LRT back and forth from Oilers games for the past ten ish years, I guess, uh, in and out of living in Edmonton for myself. And and as not growing up an Oilers fan, I would always make it a annual appointment when my Ducks were in town to go see a game. And if I was brave enough to wear a jersey, um, despite the fact the that Anaheim was a better team than Edmonton for a lot of those years, no matter what every game I went to, the Ducks would find a way to lose. Uh, and so I would always get it pretty good on the train rides home and uh, um, very, uh, you know, lightheartedly, I guess. The Oilers fans giving, it, giving me the gears a bit if I was wearing my jersey. So I, 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 it's harder to find more passionate sports fans than right here in Edmonton. And, and we see that every time in and out of the arena, whether fans are chanting uh, or reliving, you know, the 06 Cup run or some older fans back to even the Glory Dynasty days. So it's, uh, yeah, I think we got a pretty good right here in, in the YEG. How how'd you turn out to be, a, like, why a Ducks fan? Like, what, what when I was first getting into hockey, it was in the 2003 or 2002, 2003 season. And uh, an older uh, friend-ish of mine, a family friend, um, he's a couple years older than me. He was like live or die Red Wings fan. Steve mm-hmm. Eiserman is hero. And so Anaheim played Detroit in the first round that year. Um, of the 03 playoffs. And it kind of was just like, oh, I'm going to root against my buddy's team here, and, you know, just to be kind of the uh, uh, the opposite side of, of the cheering section. And, of course, Anaheim, you know, sweeps Detroit, goes on this uh, run to the Stanley Cup final, losing to New Jersey, and ESPN even doing a, a small dock on it this past mm-hmm. year, um, their, that run in the birth of the franchise. So it was just ever since then, they, they, they kind of grabbed me right up the start, and J.S. Shiger made, <laughs> me, made me fall in love with hockey, and that was why I always wanted to be a goalie. I didn't do become a goalie till much, much later. But, uh, yeah, it just uh, the team, when they surprise people like that, it catches eyes, and it definitely caught mine. Three minutes ago, Adam Schefter announces uh, an MRI confirmed today that Aaron Rodgers – officially tore his Achilles on the fourth play of his Jets career, did not complete a pass, just threw one. Uh, Rogers' season, Schefter tweets, is now officially over. There already are concerns and questions about whether his Hall of Fame career is two. Um, man, that is tough. We all kind of knew it last night, I think. But when you kind of get the confirmation and you see again, I mean, there's so much optimism in New York for the Jets. You know, can they challenge for the NFC East? Uh, Buffalo's won the division three years in a row. Jets were right there. Are they still right there? Probably not. Uh, you can kind of see Zach Wilson tap dancing around in the pocket, not comfortable still yet, still learning. Man, what a year he could have had under the wing of Aaron Rodgers learning. And uh, now he doesn't get that. Now he is number one quarterback. 
Um, is there anyone else that the Jets would look at right now? Hard to say. It's early. Um, I think it's almost to a point where you're, um, you know, if you watched the movie American Underdog and saw Kurt Warner and uh, when you see when uh, when uh, Trent Green went down, in, that was in preseason, I believe, though, and then they said, well, it looks like Kurt Warner is going to be our guy, and everyone was like, not a chance. We don't have a chance. But, I mean, Zach Wilson, we saw what he did last year. It's his team now. It's was his team last year, I guess, too. We saw what he did last year. Mm. What do you make of Jets, you know, what they can do, where they are? Um, I mean, their defense is obviously very good. They're going to have to rely on that a lot this year. Well, and that's exactly what they had to do last year, and that was all the talk about this Jets team. It kind of seemed, you know, they're a quarterback away from being a legitimate contender. And not only do you bring in a capable quarterback, but a, a future Hall of Famer and, you know, arguably the best to ever play the position. I'm not going to say the greatest, but the best to ever physically play the position of quarterback in the NFL. And th- this is just an absolute soul crusher for Jets mm-hmm. fans. I- I'd be curious to hear from some of our listeners, one 1440 text us, is-, is there another name out there that you think the Jets should go after? There was a, uh, I think Kyle Shanahan said it himself that this past uh, past NFL season after the Niners, you know, had all that issue in the uh, NFC Championship game of quarterbacks going down and they have no QBs left. If they had somehow found found a way to win that game, apparently they were going to be reaching out to Phillip Rivers to see if he would come in. Uh, and oh. he's been retired several years now, but is, is that a guy that maybe still has the itch to come <laughs> in and try and step in? I don't really know how that's going to be an upgrade over Zach Wilson at this point, but te- text us and let us know if there's a, another name like, Trey Lance just traded to the Cowboys. Uh, are, the, are the Jets willing to maybe spend a little capital and mm-hmm. see what, if they can bring him or, or Cooper Rush to take him out of the backup role? He looked good in limited action for the Cowboys last maybe year. Maybe a guy like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, like there, there's a um, lot of very good backup quarterbacks still in the NFL, and it might this might be a chance for one of them to maybe get a, bit, a longer look, especially I, if Zach Wilson, um, if he if they do go with him another week or two, he can't find solid ground and you know, show more promise uh, that when they made him uh, a top yeah, draft pick a number of years ago. And plus, I mean, you, you already said that you, you thought Zach Wilson was going to be your guy, so maybe you let him run with it a little bit more. Um, I think he's only get going to get more comfortable. Phillip Rivers, I mean, he probably just wants to get out of the house. What has he got about? <laughs> they got about like 44 kids or something. Yeah, well, he had it? another one just this past <laughs> summer, I think. He's, uh, that's Connor like, Halley's. Get me out of here. Connor Halley's boy, Phillip yeah. Rivers. So I'm sure Connor would be excited to see him back in the yeah. league, even if it is in uh, Jets Green. I got a couple couple texts coming yeah. in here. Fitz Magic coming out of retirement. Oh, he, I think he might on. be a little more fresh than Rivers, so that might be a, a better possibility. Connor Halley, the former. Ross Shep T-Bird. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Every time, I'm just going to say the former Ross Shep T-Bird, Connor Halley. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I would imagine that they're just going to go with Zach Wilson now uh, until they feel. Can you imagine them bringing Sam Darnold back? <laughs> All right, I think we've got Grant Fear back on the on the line. Grant, can you hear me? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. You? Oh, just great. Just great. We're just talking about Aaron Rodgers did you happen to catch that game last night? I watched it right up until he went down. Oh, oh man. Um, so what were you? What were your thoughts? I mean, you could hear the emotion on the broadcasters and you could feel the emotion in the, in the stadium just watching. What were you thinking? Uh, you know what? It's going to be a tough one for the Jets. It's going to be a tough one for the National Football League. 
I mean, what have they done? I think they've geared eight games around the Jets this year. Mm-hmm. So that becomes an interesting fill now. Ah, that's a good point. We never even discussed that. So, yeah, because of Aaron Rodgers, they put the Jets on Monday night football to start. They've kind of marketed uh, Aaron Rodgers a lot around uh, their television broadcasts and, and trying to get things uh, going. So you suffered a lot of injuries, Grant, uh, in your career. You, you ended up missing some time. So did you ever have anything like this with an Achilles? No, I got lucky. No Achilles. Mm-hmm. So knees, shoulders, we've been glued together in that part. But Achilles is a tough one. Um, what's it take to get back from a serious injury like this as an elite athlete? You know what? As you get older, it gets harder. I mean, when you're younger, your body responds a lot faster. You heal a lot faster. As you get older, it gets a little bit tougher, and there's more time that goes into the rehab. There's more rehab that goes into repairing the injuries. So I, it's going to be a long rehab for him if it's torn Achilles. What was some of the rehab that you had to do with your shoulders and knees? Uh, the shoulders weren't too bad. I mean, I dislocated them, and they screwed them back in. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't too bad. My one knee, I got torn up in Toronto the one night. I tore it ACL, MCL. And that was, I wanted to be back for training camp. So three and a half month rehab of seven days a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you got a text uh, for Grant, uh, our Tuesday co-host on uh, the Kevin Carey Show here on Sports 1440, fire one off at 833-401-1440. Uh, comes in from Harry. That's why Grant gets paid the big bucks, I guess, uh, for this analysis. I mean, we know that. We know that, Grant. That's why you're doing it. <laughs> well, uh, I can guarantee it's not going to be very much fun. <laughs> I mean, I know when I did my knee, I was, yeah. what, 35-ish? So at, at that point in time, it's really not that enjoyable. Um, was it way different rehabbing at that point when you were 35? Aaron Rodgers is 39 now. Was it? Did you have an easier time rehabbing, a lot easier time when you were younger? It was an easier rehab when I was younger. I mean, I was lucky enough that I got to work with Bob Kersey rehabbing my knees. So Bobby came up to Edmonton and basically spent the three months with me where I rehabbed my knee. And we trained every day. I mean, that was the one thing that if I was going to make it to training camp, it was going to be an everyday process. And there were some days we were six, seven hours training. What about Bob? How did you hook up with him? Tell us a little bit about his story and how the two of you worked together. Uh, you know what? He came and helped us out with the blues a little bit. So, I mean, later in my career, it, it was a big reason I managed to play as long as I did is I get to spend a lot of time with Bobby and train with his wife, Jackie Joyner, Kersey. Mm-hmm. So I get to spend a lot of time with them and see how they trained. And it was a, it was a big eye opener for myself of, of how hard they actually trained. And Jackie at that time wasn't young either. And she still trained hard. Mm-hmm. So you get around good company. It's pretty easy to train. Were you doing some of the stuff that she did, like on the track? Well, like, what was that like? What was that all about? Easy for her, hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> I am not exactly a hurdler, so we were going over hurdles and such, trying to get the knees to bend properly and get the gait proper. It was a little tougher for me. She made it look like it was easy, but you, you train with a world class athlete, it has a tendency to make you a little better. Yeah, for sure. What were some of the things beside hurdles you did, like on the track and things with, with her and Bob? Uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff in my gear on the track. Mm-hmm. Where you're going down and up, Bobby was throwing tennis balls at me. We ran stairs. We did a lot of running in the pool to take the stress off the knee. And 
there was a lot of interesting training going on that for hockey, you wouldn't normally do it, but it was be, to make my body more dynamic. So you would take the pads and like have them on like away from the ice. So like, I'm, I guess an old pair of pads. How, how did that work? Yeah. You threw on your gear and we did some ball work and some moving around where you didn't, it wasn't as easy. It doesn't slide so well on the track over at the butter dome. So huh, pretty it, cool. it makes, makes every motion that much harder. Yeah, what it does. Exactly. And the stuff in the pool that was sort of to kind of help the joints, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's easier to run in a pool. Mm -hmm. So it takes a little pressure off the joints, takes some of the load that the knees normally would get off. But we still did a little track work as well, so a little of everything. All right, well, we'll probably talk about that a little bit later. When We're, we're going to go to break here. We'll bring in your old buddy, Charlie Huddy, probably the best defenseman you had in front of you, right? Yeah, one of the few that stayed in front. <laughs> Very few, for sure. Uh, we'll uh, be back with uh, Grant and Charlie Huddy right after the break on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, now we're talking, Duke, a little of the peppers for me. Uh, coming up to 920 in the Capital Re Region, Kevin Carey, along with the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, and our Tuesday co-host, Hockey Hall of Famer Grant Fear, down in Coachella Valley. And now we welcome in um, one of Grant's good buddies, Former teammate, Charlie Huddy. Charlie, welcome to Sports 1440. How you doing, big guy? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. How are you guys doing there? We're doing great. And, I mean, uh, when's the last time you and Grant uh, kind of chatted? Uh, you know what? I saw him at the uh, Battle of Alberta down in uh, Red Deer, uh, what, a couple weeks ago, I guess it was. Grant? Yeah. How are you, Charles? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing, Trizzy? I'm good, pal. I actually just spent a couple of days with your partner. Oh, yeah? Nice. We did a little golf outing together in Saskatoon. Oh, nice. How's he doing? Uh, he <laughs> hasn't changed. He's still the same. Yeah, I figured that. He, is. <laughs> he hasn't changed from, from day one till now. <laughs> well, most importantly, most importantly, how was his golf game? <laughs> you know what? It wasn't bad. I think he's spending a little time on the golf course. Oh, there you go. Yeah. He'll never admit it, but mm -hmm. I think he's spending yeah, a little no, time <laughs> What was the event there, Charlie? Or Grant, I guess, sorry. Uh, we did a thing for Little Wonders. Okay. Which is children that are born with medical issues and such, raising money to help the families support those kids. Hmm. Um, Grant Fear, Charlie Huddy with us on the Kevin Carey Show. Charlie, do you, you've been out of coaching a little bit now, but right at this time of the year, you're probably just, do you, do you get the, are the juices flowing a little bit or is that, is that past? Uh, yeah, you know what, they, they are a little bit, uh, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I thought last year would be real, uh, real hard. But you know what? I had a I had a heck of a run, like playing and coaching, and um, I just knew that it was the right time to to move on. I wanted to spend a little time doing some other things. I wanted to be like Jersey, getting into some hot weather for the for the winter. So I was fortunate <laughs> to go, go with, fortunate to go with my wife down to Arizona and spend uh, three months down there, which was. Uh, very enjoyable. Probably the first winter holiday I've had in forty some years. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, watch, still watch hockey. I still like watching it, of course. Um, now it's good you can just watch it as a fan. You're not analyzing and breaking down every every play that's made out on the ice. You just sit there and uh, enjoy the game like all the fans do, and uh, watch the great game of hockey that we're fortunate to have. Yeah, Grant, you're, you're, those days are long gone. That the juices get flowing for you at this time of the year. <laughs> 
No, I still enjoy getting ready for hockey season. I think that's the fun part of the game is as a fan, it's easier, but once you start working again, it's really not that bad. It's fun to be around the rink. It's fun to see the guys, but it's definitely a little easier than coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, Grant Fear, Charlie Huddy with us uh, on the Kevin Carey show on sports 1440. So Charlie, um, uh, the Jets, I mean, that was the last team that you were with. They announced that Adam Lowry's going to be the captain. Obviously, you know him quite well. What was your thoughts on that decision? Yeah, you know what? I think it's a it's a fantastic choice. I mean, uh, from the time that I was around there, you could just see every year that he grew as a player, and you could just see him starting to, you know, take some leadership in the room and stuff like that, standing up and, you know, voicing his opinion on on certain things. So I I think for I think for them, uh, I think it's a great choice, and I'm 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 happy for Adam. I think he uh, he's one of the guys that deserves it, and I know that. Uh, He'll carry the sea well for the Winnipeg Jets, and he'll be uh, he'll have a big influence in that room and uh, and make sure that it's uh, make sure it's going in the right direction. If you've got a text for either uh, Grant or Charlie, send it our way one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. And Grant, what was it like? I guess for all your years, you had so many great leaders. Um, how big of a part was that for the success that um, that you had as well, just personally with? that leadership providing, um, you know, just to be behind you, good or bad, and to kind of help you along the way to get to where you are? Well, you know what? Good clubs have good leadership. And I think that's part of winning is your leaders set the culture. I mean, your coaches can kind of guide the culture, but it's your leaders within the dressing room that set that culture. And in Edmonton, we had great leaders. I mean, I think that was the great thing about it is nobody wanted to be that weak link. And it started from the players and worked its way out. And it's a, it's a huge part of winning. And I know when I got to Toronto, it was a little shy on that, but it got better before I left. Buffalo had some good leaders. St. Louis, we had great leaders. So it, that's the sign of a good organization is you have good leadership from within. Grant Fear, Charlie Huddy with us. Charlie, were there some guys that, you know, besides the obvious with, you know, 99, 11, all these guys, were there some other guys along your way in the early going that kind of helped to mentor you to kind of, get your career going? Uh, you know what? I, I think I was, you know, fortunate to kind of come in at the, come in at the right time. And it's like, we've always talked about everybody was kind of the same age and grew, grew up together and stuff like that. But I mean, we had guys like Lee Fogelin who was there when I, when I first got there that uh, had been in the league for a bunch of years and, you know, came from Buffalo and stuff like that. So, you know, to be able to watch how he carried himself and how he, how he played out on the ice and, and, uh, what he did in the dressing room and, and things like that. I think he was one of the guys that you kind of, for me anyways, as a, as a fellow defenseman, you kind of, you kind of follow along and uh, watch how he carried himself. But, you know, it's like, as you said, like we had so many leaders in that room and, you know, you talk about mess being the, being the guy, but there was, there was a lot of guys that just kind of, you know, would take charge at any, at any different time. And we were fortunate as a team to, uh, to be able to have that and nobody nobody's feelings were hurt if you know it wasn't a captain that didn't didn't say anything and somebody else stood up and said something it was uh it was a team effort and uh i think that's why we had the success that we had that's charlie huddy grant you got something to add on that uh, you know what cough broke charlie and he had, Carl, mm-hmm. he had charlie working both sides of the rink so <laughs> so we yeah, we actually talked about that so pretty- that's the good story, right? Jersey is when I first got out there. I was in Wichita. And the, 
I came up from the Central League and yeah. I had a few games in there and I ended up, uh, I don't know if I started with Goff right away, but then I got to be his partner. So he, uh, he said to me before the game, he said, okay, here's what we're going to do. He said, I'm going to stand in front of the net when it's in our end and you work both corners and you show slots that you, how hard you work and that you really want to be here <laughs> and things will work out good for you. I'm just kind of like, I'm kind of laughing. I'm going, he's going to think slots I'm an idiot running from corner to corner trying to, trying to get these guys. But we had a good laugh over that. Yeah. You remember that story, Grant? Oh man. Yeah. Oh, I do. And there's a pretty good chance that cough wouldn't be in front of the net. <laughs> yeah, true. Well, if it got anywhere, Charlie'd have to make Charlie'd have to recover to get back to the front as well. If it got anywhere near the net, he'd just move over to the side and expect you to stop it, right? <laughs> uh, make sure the rebound goes in the right spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's an old story, guys, that you never you you don't really miss the game as much as you miss the guys. How much do you guys uh, when you you know get together and you get to have a beer and you talk about old times? How much does that mean to you? It still means a lot. I mean, I think that's the fun part of the game or the friendships you get out of the game. I mean, yeah, we all enjoy the game when we're playing the game and such, but it's the guys that you play with, the company. It's like a big family. And you grew up with the guys. I mean, we were all young when we started. So, I mean, I still love getting together with the guys, catching up a little bit, having some fun. Charlie? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's like Drew said, we, we all kind of grew up together and uh, – we had uh, we had a lot of success, and we had we enjoyed being around each other. And I think even now, when we have the opportunities to get together with whether it's a few guys or a bunch of guys, whatever the case may be, it's uh, it's great. You always you always start talking about the past and what happened in certain situations, and you always have a few good laughs about it. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to get around the guys. I just wish you know it was easier to be able to get everybody together every once in a while so you could just kind of hang out and have a few days together and, you know, kind of reminisce and tell a few stories and have a few laughs. Grant Fuhr, Charlie Huddy uh, with us uh, this morning on Sports 1440. Grant is our co-host every um, Tuesday from 9 to 11. Charlie, uh, what uh, what are you doing now? I know you're doing uh, – I, I saw you last, Charlie. Uh, you were at West Edmonton Mall. Tell us a little bit about that, and that had to have been a real proud moment for you. Yeah, you know what it was? It was uh, it was the week right after the uh, the boys the uh, the brick tournament. My uh, granddaughter, who lives in Minnesota with my son Ryan and his family down there, uh, they came up for I think it's the War of the Roses for the for the girls, uh, twelve and thirteen year olds, and they were uh, she was fortunate to make the team, and she was up here uh, playing in that tournament. So it was good to uh, good to be able to get to see her out on the ice and. Uh, no, like you said, real proud moment. It's uh, there's a lot of girls playing hockey in Minnesota, so for her to so for her to make that team and be able to come up here and get to see a bunch of games was uh, was pretty exciting for for myself, and my wife Karen, to be able to go out there and uh, and to watch. Yeah, for sure, uh, Grant. One thing that I, I think when I I guess first met you, get both both guys a little more um, not just as asking questions, but. Uh, it was the boys on the bus, uh, kind of a reunion. It was in the late '90s, and you guys came in to back then Rexall on the bus, and there was smoke, and there was lights, and the place was packed. And uh, you did you did mention about the fact that you guys enjoy those times together. There's been many more in the last uh, several years, but what do you recall about that one? 
because that was sort of, you know, you brought a lot of guys on the stage and Bill Hunter and things like that. What do you remember about that kind of get-together? It was in the late 90s, I believe. You know what? It was kind of the history of the hockey club. I think that's the big thing is they, if I remember correctly, they brought guys back from all the different eras, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's fun, great to see our guys and such, but it's also great to see the guys that I got to watch when they were playing in the old Edmonton Gardens in the WHA. So hey, getting to know everybody and you, you get more friendships. I think that's the fun part of it. And, of course, with our cast of guys, it's always fun to catch up with them any chance we get. Charlie, do you remember that one too? Because it was kind of the, the first one where, you, you know, there's so many guys that got together, I guess. Yeah, uh, yeah, like uh, a little bit. Yeah, like Jersey said, it's uh, it's good to be able to meet those guys of the past. Like, I mean, we were all hockey fans. We sat and watched TV growing up as a kid, and to be able to meet guys that maybe had watched on TV, and you know, you're hoping someday you'd be able to play in the NHL or maybe be a teammate or whatever the case may be. But just the it, it was just a uh, an unreal evening just to be able to like Pierce said, go through the history of the team and all the players that were there and uh, just the gathering that night. And, and I guess most importantly, the fans, like to see mm-hmm. the fans come out and, 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 and be there and listen to the stories that were, that were uh, getting passed around was, uh, was a real exciting evening. And then you guys had, a, it was about three, it seemed, every year. It was the last game at Rexall. It was uh, uh, the announcement to the the number one team 86 in nhl history so for that to happen like 20 years later same guys you know lost a few but what was that like to kind of keep that uh, going grant to see those guys you know 15 18 years later you know it's fun i mean i think that's the greatest thing you like to see how everybody's doing you like to catch up and it's like charlie was saying earlier it doesn't change Mm -hmm. i mean yeah we are apparently a little bit older I'd like to say we have more common sense, but that <laughs> seems to fall by the wayside a little bit sometimes too. So, but no, it's, it's fun to catch up with the guys. It's fun to see everybody and you enjoy it when it happens. I mean, I'm hoping we can see a bunch of the guys at the heritage classic this year. Yeah, correct. Uh, Charlie, have you, are you going to be around for that on the 29th of October? I, I am. I am going to be around for that. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it's like Pierce has said, hopefully there's, I don't have any details or I don't yeah. know anything, anything that's going on, but I'm hoping that uh, there'll be a bunch of guys in for that and we can get together for that and uh, be able to uh, be able to hang out and reminisce again and then, you know, be able to watch a, watch a real good hockey game. That's Charlie Huddy on the Kevin Carey Show, Sports 1440, with our Tuesday co-host, Grant Fuhr from Coachella Valley. Our text line, one 401 This one comes in from Pat in the Park. For Charlie or Grant, what rule would they change in the nhl uh to improve the game so uh grant if you've got one on on the top of your head i'll let you go first and then charlie you can piggyback grant uh, what rule uh, would you change in the nhl to improve the game um i'd like to see the red line go back and then i'd love to see him get rid of the trapezoid and the trapezoid is kind of a pet peeve of mine goalies learn to handle the puck for a reason and then you handicap them and take it away so it's safer for defensemen if that gets removed and I think there's a little more that goes into the game when you put the red line back in as well. Grant, good answer. I love it. Uh, the trapezoid, everyone doesn't seem to like that for sure. They want to see the goaltender have a little more uh, liberal liberal movement playing the puck. 
Charlie, have you got one on the top of your head that you'd like to see yeah. a little different? No, you know what? I, I, I agree with Fierce on the trapezoid. I yeah. guess uh, I guess the only thing with you to get back there, Cough, would be yelling at you to get out of the way, Fierce. So <laughs> there might be some other goalies that might get yelled at to get out of the way. But, no, that's a good uh, – I, I, you know what? I, I uh, The red line, yeah, it, puts, it, it makes everybody think a little bit more. you got to – you know, you – you can't get guys way up ice and stuff like that. It makes you guys makes you come together at five, and you can't get it stretched out. Um, this is one one that I really hate is, is that when guys when a stick gets anywhere near them, that they throw their head back and um, you know try to draw a penalty. Embellishment. It ends up, yeah, yeah, and and lots of times it ends up drawing a penalty. But I just, I mean, I just think that all the times that we played, like Jersey, you can. Like oh, I think if a guy ever, if a guy ever, if a guy ever <laughs> stick got near a guy's face and he threw his head back like that, it would, <laughs> it would. You have a reason to do the next time. But like you know what? I, hey, I get it. If you get hit in the face with a stick, fine. You know, that's just a normal reaction. But man, when you see some of the replays, it gets near the guy's shoulder and he's throwing his head back. You know, if if they're going to give the other guy a penalty, they should be able to give the other guy a penalty for embellishment, just like diving and stuff like that. So. Um, other than that, I think the game is great. I mean, there's, uh, man, you watch games and yeah, there's some that maybe are, you know, you're, they always say like watching paint dry, but there's, there's a lot of good hockey games out there and the skill and the speed mm-hmm. of the players now and the size of the players and just the, just the way the game's played is, uh, is pretty exciting. Uh, one, I'd like to see something change in the faceoff dot. And I don't know if you guys would kind of agree with this, but I'd like to see the, the T, if you want to call it, the old T where the centermen line up, and now you, they're basically an L and a reverse L. I'd like to see that widened so that players, mm-hmm. when they line up for the draw, aren't able to cheat one way left or right. They have to basically be square to each other. What about that? You're always going to find guys cheating in a face-off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's yeah, part yeah. of trying to get an advantage. I think it doesn't matter how they put the T down there. Guys are always going to try and find a way to get an advantage. The guys, the guys will jump in early on a face-off. I mean, that's just the way it always has been, always will be. Mm-hmm. They're just a little bit quicker now than they used to be. Charlie, what do you think? Yeah, no, I, I agree. You're gonna. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So <laughs> guys are always going to, like Jersey said, guys are always going to find a way to to get in there and get a get a get an advantage because I think everybody knows how important face-offs are and. Whether you're on the defensive side of it or you're on the on the offensive side of it, you know that uh, puck possession is key. So um, they'll be looking for they'll be looking for different ways to to be able to win that faceoff. Uh, what's cooking for you, Charlie, in the next little bit? Uh, Big Gord Stanky dragging you out on a motorcycle for a little ride here uh, in the fall, or what? No, I haven't been out. He's been out in his uh, out in his trailer a little bit, doing a little bit of camp, and I think he was in Slade Lake the last time I had, I had talked to him, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm just uh, spending some time with the grandkids. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a chauffeur driving them back and forth to school, and um, yeah, just just kind of hanging out and enjoying it and getting ready to um, uh, watch some hockey and then uh, head down to uh, Arizona probably mid-November. So um, yeah, that's about uh, that's about all I got going right now. Grant, enjoying you got a it. question? Yeah, Grant, you got a question for Charlie's kind of post-retirement here? It's smart man heading down to the heat. Body feels a little better when you get down in the warm weather, especially about November. 
Yeah, you know what? Seriously, you're right. It was uh, when we got down. We didn't, unfortunately, we let, didn't leave until about January. So we're because we had some stuff going on. But man, once you get down there, once we we drove, uh, I've got a motorhome, so we drove that down. Once you get into the Vegas area on the way to Arizona, it was pretty nice. I just kind of heated up, and, and you're right. The the couple of aches and pains that you had through your body kind of <laughs> kind of go away for a little bit, and you're able to relax. So it was. Uh, it was good not to see two feet of snow in January and February, I'll tell you that. Hey, Charlie, how did you kind of hook up and foster a relationship with my old TV buddy of 25 years, Gord Stanky? How did that come about? Uh, you know what? I, we, I think we were doing a charity event somewhere, and, and uh, we ended up just kind of hooking up and and then just kind of kept in contact, you mm-hmm. know, and then... Um, I remember when I was coaching down in Dallas, he came he came and visited us in Dallas, and uh, I had my motorbike down there, so he took it out and went out uh, touring for a couple of days and saw the saw parts of Texas and uh, stuff like that. And then we kind of we did the ride for Dad for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a, one of the co-chairs, I think, and I just kind of followed along. But uh, yeah, I think just just over charity stuff, and then kind of continued on. Yeah, we're gonna have him on uh, on the show, I think coming uh, forward uh, and I, I know you you used to kind of have a odd beer with uh, with Gord eh Grant didn't you with Gord Stanky yeah we used, to, we used to see him around a fair amount yeah. I mean, that was the fun of hanging out in the city because yeah. you got to see everybody for sure that's why I still enjoy coming back exactly well I know you guys obviously like talking I, I, you probably wish I wasn't here and you guys could just talk amongst <laughs> yourselves uh, that's probably very fair but uh charlie thanks for coming on i'm sure we'll have you again with uh Fierzy, uh on a tuesday yeah. here to kind of shoot the breeze uh, but thanks for coming on today yeah anytime all right we'll see you guys see you Fierzy. take care always a pleasure chuck we'll see you at the heritage okay, yeah. all right uh you know and i love the way uh um grant you called him charles right off the hop uh, that's you know you're tight when you're calling a guy charles uh so um Good interview there. We're going to have uh, Kelly Rudy at the top of the hour. And, uh, Grant, you and, and Kelly were teammates just for a short, short time, right? Uh, just a Canada Cup. And what about in L.A.? Just a little bit in L.A.? A little bit? Was there any crossover? A little, crossover? Bit, in L- little bit in L.A. Played against him when he was in Medicine Hat. Yeah. So. Oh, that's going to be a cool conversation. I'm sure you guys talk lots over the years for sure. Yeah, we had a chance to play with him when he was against the Islanders. Yeah. So we've oh. seen lots of Kelly over the years. Yeah, good stuff. And still plays golf tournament. Yeah, exactly. So that'll be a good conversation coming up at the top of the hour. But we'll have much more uh, Grant Fuhrer and I, Kevin Carries, on Sports 1440 right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. The Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. Who's that track from, Duke? Swollen Members, I believe a Canadian group. Oh, wow. Nice, oh. Little, nice little rock vibe to get us into the, uh, lead us into another good chat with Grant. Yes, Grant Fuhr, our co-host on Tuesdays on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Always nice to catch up with Charlie. You guys just, I mean, that's a relationship that that you'll always have. Um, and, I mean, very, you cherish something like that, a friend and a teammate. And um, a lot of people wish they could have something like that, championships and, and things like that. But just to, uh, how, how do you describe that, Grant, your relationship with a lot of these guys, including Charlie? Well, you know what? Glenn Sather did a good job of that when we were young. He brought in the culture that it's your family. You're going to see more of these guys than you will your own family while you're playing. And those friendships will last a lifetime. And we've kind of taken that to heart. And I think we all enjoy getting together now and catching up with each other, seeing how everybody's doing. That's the beauty of, one, having a successful team, but having great guys on that team. I think that's the other thing. 
as they were all great guys and we all enjoy each other's company. Text line one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. 1440 If you've got something for Fursey that you'd like to discuss, hey, you know, send us off a, a text. Yes, uh, from the Husk. Yes, indeed. Swollen are Canadian. Uh, Andrew Kipling. Yes, you are messaging the right number. Uh, just to let you know that we are getting your text. Uh, here's a, actually a funny one for you, Grant, and, and uh, obviously it would never happen, but uh, this comes from <laughs> this comes from Cat Dad. And maybe your your goals against average would probably be, in, I don't, well, I don't even know how you would uh, figure it out. It says, if, if you can pull a goalie and add a player, you should be able to pull a player and add a goalie. So how, what would you think if, uh, if a guy like, uh, you know, you know, Andy Moog slid over the boards and the two of you were in net for a couple of minutes. I think we'd be okay. Yeah. <laughs> we might not score a whole lot, but we definitely <laughs> wouldn't give up a whole lot. So yeah. it would be entertaining and fun for a game or two. It, it probably would be. Uh, obviously, the guy is just uh, making a joke out of things here. But uh, this one comes from IMAC Grant and um, kind of an interesting story. And I'll get your response on it. So. Uh, I coach my under nine boys, and funny enough, I use the coffee and huddy stories in a couple of ways. Uh, for the kids that feel that they don't stand out, no offense, Charlie, uh, tell them to be like Huddy and work your butt off every day because coaches will always notice hard work. Uh, as for Paul Coffey, I used the story about how he was a forward up until junior. Got to junior and was told we have enough forwards. Uh, you can play defense if you want to play here. Uh, Max, he talked to his dad and said, we're... Can you cover the most ice with your skating and puck handling skills, but defense? And that is history. Uh, I use the coffee story uh, mostly with kids that don't want to play D when we rotate all the kids through all the positions. Uh, it works. Sorry, Grant, we don't have the same goalies each game, but I'll come up with some some way to use you and your story when I move up to under 11. Uh, so that comes from IMAC. Uh, uh, neat little text, but so... I mean, there's, a, again, Paul Coffey, and a lot, a lot you know, he, he came... He, he was flourishing, as, and we all know his offensive ability, but what was it like then to see him kind of play defense at times as well? And he made some great plays on defense. He did. Koff could play good defense if he had to. I mean, obviously during the regular season, that was not what Koff was going to do. We weren't playing defense. So ours was an offense first kind of a system, and good defense is puck possession. Well, there's nobody getting better at getting a hold of the puck than Koff. So... You look at how Bobby Orr transitioned the game by taking and creating offense from the defensive side of the puck. Well, Koff kind of took that to another step where he's such a good skater that once he got the puck, it forced the other team to have to play defense. So in his own way, he's playing good defense by having possession of the puck. You had a lot of assists, uh, and how many would you attribute to just kind of stopping the puck behind the net and then Paul picking it up? Oh, I probably have. Yeah. I mean, most of it was kicking <laughs> rebounds into good areas so he didn't yeah. have to stop because Koff didn't like to stop on our end. So you learn where guys want to be, where they want to turn, and you try and get pucks into those areas. And if a team did dump it in and I could stop it, I could hear Koff when he got to the blue line. He'd be yelling at me to get out of the way. So you stop it, you get out of his way. Uh, cool. Uh, this one comes from the Sizzler. Does Grant remember the name Tom Sidlowski? It could be Sid's Sidlowski. Uh, do you yeah. remember that? I do remember the name. Okay. Uh, do you remember where it's from? Uh, maybe the Sizzler can text as well and uh, kind of give us a little more information. But do you you remember it a little uh, bit? I remember the name. I don't even remember exactly where from. Okay. Maybe uh, can the Sizzler uh, can you send in another text? So Grant does remember it, but uh, can you just kind of maybe describe a little bit more and uh, 
little more background on Tom Sidlowski. Text one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. You were talking about your equipment earlier, Grant, about um, how you used it to help your rehabbing. Were you a were you a finicky guy with your equipment when you were playing? No, I could take it out of the box and play with it later that night. <laughs> you wear it in the morning skate, and I'd wear it in a game, which might have drove Glenn nuts a little oh. bit. But I like new gear, mm-hmm. so and we didn't. You never got a whole lot of new gear. I mean, you maybe wear two sets of pads over the course of a year. So sometimes just the feel of new gear, I thought felt great. So the, the modern day equipment now feels like that all the time. Mm-hmm. It never breaks down. The old stuff used to break down. So, what what broke down for you? Was it the pads first of all, or gloves, or what was it? Yeah, mostly pads yeah. and the gloves. I get a year out of. Poor staff had to sew them back together a few times, but, but the gloves, the skates, I tried not to change those as much as possible. The pads were interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barry Stafford. Uh, so you were low maintenance for for Staffy. Some days, some days. I mean, if there was holes in the pads, we'd have staff. You have to sew them up. And I used to wear the same skates all the time. So we'd have to sew new eyelets in them and we kept them busy that way. But for the, on the equipment side of it, we weren't that finicky. All right. So the Sizzler grant has uh, kind of shed a little bit of light on it. Uh, Tom was my grandfather. I think he used to rent a house off him way back in the day. Now does that ring a bell? Now it rings a bell. Oh, okay, cool. So probably when you were playing here or years and years yeah, ago? Yeah, it would have been early in my career. Hmm. Oh, neat stuff. Um, Barry Stafford, he will be coming on the show in the near future. Um, you guys were lucky. You had Barry. You had Sparky Kolchitsky. Um, even going back before uh, Peter Miller, right? And who else were yeah. some of the guys that were behind the scenes for you to help you, um, you know, feel comfortable, uh, be prepared? Uh, how did those guys help you? Um, behind the scenes they're the un the unsung heroes of everything I mean they're actually the brains behind everything Kenny Lowe I mean, mm-hmm. you look at your medical guys I mean obviously we had Joey Stevie Moss uh, all the guys Rick the stick like, yeah. all the guys that the fans never get a chance to see they're the ones that are kind of the bread and butter behind us they make sure that we've got everything we need so that all we have to do is play and I think that's the biggest thing the doctors all that they're the ones that give you the confidence to go out there and do what we do. They were a big reason. Um, and and then all the Canada Cups, it seemed like they were the staff for the Canada Cups. I mean, Glenn Sather just brought them along. So did, did did you see the other players on other teams, say, when you went to Canada Cups, kind of go, you guys got a great staff here. Did you see that? Oh, no, every, I think everybody realized that. Yeah. I mean, we had probably one of the best staffs in hockey. And they're a big part of why we were successful as well is they were integral in making sure we had everything we needed and Staffy went about it and he could be one of the most organized people I've ever met. And Sparky Kolchitsky was, they always say that he was sort of a guy that sort of held things together, uh, would have been able to kind of be a bit of a buffer between things. He's a comedian. Yeah. Spark was a comedian in the room. Okay. What was, no, what, Spark, was, what was he Spark like? Was yeah. Great. yeah. Well, just tell us a little bit, of, just for our listeners that maybe might not be a little aware of that, just kind of uh, run that down. So Spark, when he came into the room, Spark, was all, you never had a bad day. I think that was the great part about Spark is, and he made sure that you didn't have any bad days. And they wanted to make sure you were enjoying yourself, having fun. He gave the rookies a hard time, which allowed Joey to give the rookies a hard time. And 
we enjoyed having them around. I think that was the biggest thing is it made the rink fun to go to. And Sparky will tell you, a lot of us like to hang around the rink instead of racing home. Mm-hmm. You stayed there as long as you could till they finally give you the boot out. And Joey Moss, uh, another just a, just a key cog in that dressing room. Oh, most definitely. I mean, he was the sunshine of the day there where every day was a great day. You could lose 10-1 and Joey'd have a smile on his face the next day. And it makes the game enjoyable. That makes it fun to be at the rink every day. And as a professional athlete, that's what you want. I mean, I said when it started to not be fun that I'd retire. 20 years later, I was still hanging around the game. So, and then got out of that to go into coaching. So the rink can't be too bad a place. And, you know, just getting back to Charlie, you guys, again, that, that bond that you guys created and winning creates bonds, but it's not only that, it's the fact that you are all um, together for one common goal, but off the ice, you guys were almost inseparable. Um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big family. We did everything together. I think that was the fun part of it. And winning is just kind of the perk that goes with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything that leads up to the winning that is the really enjoyable part of it. Did that change a little bit as your career progressed? Uh, maybe not necessarily here, but when you moved on to to LA and, and Toronto and St. Louis, did it change a little bit? Uh, no, because they those teams brought you in to try and help instill that culture. Mm-hmm. Because everybody at that time knew what we were doing to be successful, and they wanted their teams to be like that. So a few more questions. And in St. Louis, we brought a lot of great leaders in. They brought Al McInnes in. They brought Glennie Anderson in. They brought Gretz in. Uh, Dale Howardchuk, Pierre Turgeron. So you collect a lot of guys from different organizations that all see the game the same way. And it makes for good hockey clubs. Text coming in at one 401 Here's a quick one for you, Grant. I do have a goal question, though. Um, um this is from IMAC. When a goalie loses a stick, given a player stick, what was the psychology for Grant? Did you want that stick? Did you want to use it? Did you rather try to find your other one? That comes from IMAC. What was your thought process on that? I think it's just something to hang on to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't going to use it to try and make a save. You're going to use your feet and your legs. But at the same time, it gives you that balance point. Mm-hmm. So you're used to having a stick in your hands. It's just more comfortable. Well, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about your relationship with Kelly Rudy, you guys go back a long way right here in Edmonton. That's going to be up at the top of the hour. And uh, we'll talk Canada Cups. We'll talk Medicine Hat Tigers, Victoria Cougars, a whole bunch more coming up with our Tuesday co-host, Grant Fear on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Time now for a sports update with the Duke.